Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. All right. Welcome, welcome, everybody. So, yeah, so this will be. Uh, so yeah, so this be uh, our first time around. There might be a little hiccups with us doing this hybrid, but uh, yeah, so far, so far, so good. I just want to start off by saying Happy Mother's Day to all the the mothers out there and anyone carrying that mother energy around. <laughs> and I thought it would be a good topic today to to speak uh, on the Brahma Viharas the heart practices kind of in alignment with that, that mother energy. And um, yeah, so for, for those of you that might be new to uh, the Brahma Baharas or the, the four immeasurables, they're sometimes called, uh, like I mentioned, these are aspects of the heart. So there's four aspects that are typically covered and that is loving kindness, passion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. And I really love the term for immeasurables because that really says it all that they're they're immeasurable. So they're infinite. They carry this this infinite energy to them. The heart is is, is infinite uh, unless it's blocked by attachment. Right? I think as a as, as skillfulness goes like in meditation, we're really anchoring into uh, the heart. So when we move into to meditation, uh, we don't do so haphazardly. Right? I'm just gonna sit with myself. <laughs> it might be difficult. Uh, we're bringing in these these tools and most mostly non-judgmental awareness, and we're bringing in the heart because, like we we did today, we were experimenting with what if I meet whatever's arising with gentleness like what, what's that what's that feel like what's what was that experience like uh we had some i don't know if on, on zoom you could hear it but uh going back in person this all coming back to me that uh this this room here is right beneath a tenant so there's somebody above us and um and they were getting ready for the morning and so there were some new sounds like the water. I've always felt like the water. I've always heard the water. But yeah, if you're on Zoom, it was like they were getting rained on, like right on top of us. So we folded that into the practice. But what's it like when we meet something like that with gentleness? You know, maybe you're going in a certain direction with your practice. And there is sound and that sound can be looked at as a disturbance. It can be looked at as a distraction and, and therefore an emotion can arise. And then that emotion can take you into another mental state, which could be away from uh, equanimity, right? So it's, it's really transformative. And I, I think that's the main thing that sticks with me when I think of the heart practices is they're really transformative in, in their ability to transform emotions that are arising that want to take me 
a certain direction. I think this, you know, I see it um, so often. Oh, oh no, I'm just trying to fix my, <laughs> that's so funny. I try to fix my view by adjusting my, my, uh, my computer screen, which does not work. Okay. Um, so when I met, for example, with, with impatience, I, I feel like uh, with loving kindness, we could see the, the truth of our true nature, we see it easier. And that's why it works so well as a, as a practice. But we could also see the obstacles so well when we have loving kindness at the forefront. What I mean by that is um, there is some dissonance. So if we, if we practice and we rest and we, we cultivate uh, these heart practices uh, and we allow ourselves to become more and more familiar with them, when there is dissonance, then it's easier to notice. So in other words, in, in my own experience, when impatience arises, especially when impatience arises in correlation with or in connection with somebody that I really care for. Uh, so let's say my wife who, you know, we never irritate each other ever. <laughs> but uh, let, let, let's say if I'm, if I'm irritated with my wife or somebody that I don't have kids, so for me, it's the dog or the cat, right? I'd love these beans. And then I can notice impatient, uh, impatience arising and irritation arising and, and other emotions other than kindness arise, which is not how I truly feel. I'm irritated with this person over nothing, over something stupid, small. I saw, I was watching a show and just a TV show and then this family was having a lot of difficulties with each other. And then they got in a life-threatening situation. And that, in that life-threatening situation, they, they came back together really, really quickly because they were all, their lives were in danger really quickly. And so they had all of these issues, very, very volatile. And then all of a sudden, life-threatening situation. And they're like, oh yeah, we, of course, we really, really love each other. And so this, I really, really, you know, we really, really love each other, we really love ourselves. This is the truth of the matter. And yet, with attachment and these other emotions, we get we get taken away from that. So these heavenly abodes—that's another term for, for these mm -hmm. Brahma Baharas, heavenly abodes, the four immeasurables, the heavenly abodes. Again, another beautiful term that if we can abide in the heart in these heavenly abodes of loving kindness, of compassion, of sympathetic joy, which is like rejoicing for the good fortune of others, um, equanimity being at ease when things are like chaos. It is like being in the heavenly abode. And that is our natural state. Like our natural state is, is not in that dissonance, not in that impatience. You know, impatience is fleeting. Those things are fleeting. It's like if we look at a relationship where like, oh, I truly you know, love this person, but a little tiny emotion can come up. I get irritated and all of a sudden, I feel prickly towards them. That's not how I genuinely feel about them. But just like that, it feels that way. But it's not 
is not true. So it's just because I followed that, that, that emotion. It, it reminds me, I've, I've spoken and I, I shared so many stories at a retreat that I led that Brian was at recently, but I've shared with the group several times before what I call like an otherworldly type of love. Like uh, there, was a, there was a Rinpoche that one time handed me an avocado and I did, I did something for him and I called the avocado story, like where this, this Rinpoche was like this amazing, amazing you know, Tibetan Lama. And I did this small act of kindness uh, for him when I was living at one of the centers. And, uh, and he, he had to give me something back for this small act of kindness and he gave me this avocado, but it brought me to tears and sometimes it still does. And it was like one of my first experiences with this otherworldly love. He was like in a heavenly abode, you know? Uh, and, and I kind of saw it where like, he was living like the truth of like loving all, he was living the Bodhisattva vow like may I attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings, but in this otherworldly way where he was what we call um, ultimate bodhicitta, which is he's realized that as his true nature. I really felt that it was a, something that I really never came in contact with before. Um, and even though I'm, I don't know this to be true, I have a feeling that he couldn't be, he, he, he couldn't be swayed off of that. <laughs> that path is like unwavering, but I, I might be reading into it, but that's the feeling that, I, that I've got. Uh, and I've seen this with other longtime practitioners, just this unbelievable otherworldly type of loving kindness and compassion and, and gosh, there's such a, a, a freedom in that, such a bliss in that to be able to abide there. And these practices, you know, I really like to call them just remembering practices. Uh, when we speak of, of the two aspects of, of the training, there's relative and ultimate. So like relative bodhicitta, like may I attain enlightenment for the benefit of all beings, really connecting with the heart of that. And then there's, there's ultimate, which I mentioned like this realization of, of the heart. Yeah. Um, you know, and both of these aspects are, are so crucial, but along the way, when we're in that relative aspect, when we're just kind of training, all of that is, all of that's really just, re just remembering that ultimate peace. So we think we're cultivating something and we're like, oh, I'm not cultivating anything. Like, this is what I am. <laughs> like, we're just remembering along the way. We're just like, oh yeah, this, this is actually, Again, going back to that relationship thing, you know, like, oh yeah, I just, I, I am that. I really love this person. And I might be, realize all of a sudden we love strangers, you know? And the saints and sages have shown, shown us this time and time again. You know, when we really look at a saint, oh, a saint is you know, someone who loves strangers, who loves all beings, that doesn't look at people with, with judgment, even people they don't know. just proof we're trying to be dogs right like <laughs> we're all trying to be like golden retrievers right like yeah um so i came upon came upon a text um recently i was reading uh 
some uh, Longchenpa. Longchenpa is a 13th century, I believe, yeah, he's 13th century. Get him mixed up. I believe uh, Longchenpa is 13th century Lama. So he's known as uh, one of those most prominent, you know, Tibetan masters of, of all time and uh, kind of a, a lineage holder of uh, the Nima or Zogchen tradition. And he speaks a lot of like kind of this non-dual aspect of the path, you know. So he's written volumes and volumes on the true nature of mind. Um, you know, just resting in, in, in essence mind. He also wrote a, a wonderful text called the uh, the Great Chariot. And in in this text, he has a section on the four immeasurables. So it's pretty rare actually that you hear him speak on this. Um, although he does so very beautifully. So I'm just going to just read a, a few things and um, just kind of let them, let them land. Um, okay. well, one thing I want to say, I, I just saw here, this in my, my notes. I do want to make sure I don't forget this. Uh, the retreat that I was talking about that we did uh, a few weeks ago was called the Strength of a Gentle Heart strength of a gentle heart retreat we've done a couple of those uh, at Ed inside LA here recently and I always like to make a point of bringing up the strength of when we speak of, of the heart uh, resilience when we think of these saints you can think of Mother Teresa Martin Luther King Gandhi you know, it goes on and on these really amazing figures in history that when the first thing you think of them, you think of love and compassion and kindness. And all those figures you think of, you, you don't think weak <laughs> in any way whatsoever. Like very, very, very strong, right? Very strong. You can call it like fierce compassion, right? So very, very resilient, extremely resilient, but extremely kind, extremely compassionate, right? So when we, when we speak of the heart, in no way whatsoever are we speaking of non-resilience or becoming a doormat or anything like this. It's actually the opposite. The opposite is extreme resilience when we come to our practices. So I just wanna make sure I didn't forget about that piece. Um, I want to start off and see if I can find it. Uh, so again, Longchenpa here, he's speaking on the four immeasurables of loving kindness, compassion, rejoicing in the good fortune of others, and, and equanimity. So he says about these, this is the excellent medicine that cures the ills of beings the magic vase that magnifies wish-fulfilling splendor. This is the sun of wisdom and the moon that soothes our torments with qualities like a host of stars in a spotless sky. I, I love <laughs> I love the Tibetan you know, terminology, but... Um, let me just say that again. This is the excellent medicine that cures the ills of beings. 
the magic vase that magnifies wish-fulfilling splendor. I guess like the magic lamp, you know, like if you wish upon things, this is the thing that allows those things to, to come to fruition. This is the sun of wisdom. So this is the actual brightness that allows wisdom to come into light. And the moon that soothes our torments with qualities like a host of stars in a spotless sky. With qualities like a host of stars in a spotless sky. Interesting. And, and again, what I love about going through these texts is how old they are, like, and how old these beings are. And they're speaking the truth. We're in 2022. You know, Long Tempo was writing this in the 1300s. And we could find, you know, these masters in uh, in hundreds of years, you know, before that and and after that. So you know, we're looking at some these timeless truths, you know, that we're looking at. Like, yeah, we have the same uh, things that are afflicting our minds, and we have the same antidotes. And so we could be able to, you know, trust in this. And here's this being that freed himself. These beings that have freed uh, themselves over and over again, and they keep saying the same thing in, in these really beautiful ways. That this is the way to go about it: unconditional loving kindness and compassion. Aspiring to lighten even a little the suffering of beings, even if this arises only for an instant, brings us liberation from the lower realms and limitless happiness among gods and human beings. So he's saying like, even, even just aspiring to benefit others, even for a little bit, so just that aspiration, May, may I attain awakening for the benefit of, of others? You know, may I be of service to all beings? Like you see, even, even this, even just for an instant, brings us liberation from the lower realms. So the lower realms, it gets a little religious here, uh, but kind of not because, you know, the speaking of lower realms of, of uh, would be like in, in described as like hell realms or God realms, but actually the, all the lower realms and the hell realms are right here. Lower realms are just afflicted emotions, you know, attachment, aversion, and ignorance. Uh, the higher realms are right here, loving kindness, compassion, right? So they protect us from those, those lower realms of ignorance or hate, division, all those things, right? Even an instant. So just aspiring. And yet the rewards are of entering are infinitely more. So he talks about like, Entering here is that he's just talking about the difference between relative and ultimate, like, and entering into like the fruition of the practice. And yet the rewards of entering are infinitely more because there is always a real and actual application. So when you really, you know, apply this loving kindness and compassion, all excellent minds that apply themselves thus for even an instant are said to bring together the two accumulations. Uh, which otherwise would have taken many kalpas. I'm trying to remember the two accumulations. 
get my list mixed up. <laughs> but yeah, so we could say the two accumulations, I don't think this is right, but the wisdom of compassion, I'm sure they're gonna fit into that category. So even for an instant, even these little moments offer so much, so much liberation. I like this one. Other kinds of happiness diminish and are exhausted. The happiness that is established by precious bodhicitta, rather than being exhausted, will actually increase. It is like the clear water flowing into the ocean or a rich and glorious harvest growing in the fertile soil. And this might be, you know, as far as motivational factors, this might be the biggest key because there's a lot of different forms of a lot of different things in life that we could do that bring about um, happiness, but it might be fleeting, might be temporary, might be coming and going. But when we when we move into the heart practices, uh, it grows greater and greater. You know, they speak of like the bliss of of meditation. I remember listening to a nun and. She was talking about bliss, which is, it's not talked about a lot in, in Buddhism. A lot about suffering, not a lot about bliss. <laughs> um, so there's always that fear of attachment, you know. But she was teaching on a, on a technique that is known to cultivate bliss. And, and uh, you actually rest the mind on this bliss because the mind likes that. The mind likes bliss. So it's a really an amazing concentration tool. She pointed out something very, very clever. She's like, just take note of this bliss. She's like, if you, if you have bliss that comes in other forms, like even like sexual bliss, she's like, look into the mind. Like you'll, you'll see an excitement. You know, so like when we look into the mind, we're looking at excitement or dullness, right? The mind's excited and agitated, or it's like maybe a little bit dull, right? But actually, there's a there's there's a bliss that arises, and the mind is in in tranquil, tranquility. So mm -hmm. even if the bliss increases increases, the mind is in tranquility. The mind is in evenness. The mind is calm. The mind's serene. It's very very clear, luminous, very very bright, but full of bliss. And you. Know, Again, kind of moving to that otherworldly type of thing that we're looking for, like this this love that's free from attachment. It's not love because I get something, or because that person gave me this, or whatever, or we have a connection, or you know we have past, whatever. So it, it, you know it's like it's like this. So when Long Chimpa is talking about it, like even an instant, you know, when we could taste that, when we could notice that, that's kind of like the carrot wow, okay, you know, there's something there that's kind of beyond what I've experienced before. Let me, let me dive deeper into that. So the, the heart has that quality, and I, I want to reiterate that the way to get there is actually very mundane. Like when we start off with loving-kindness practice, it's so simple, right? Like uh, a very basic meta practice, like may you be happy, may you be well, may you be at ease. May I be happy, may I be well, may I be at ease. It's so simple, mundane. You know, it's like a kite, like following the kite back all the way to the 
to the handle, you know, you just follow that all the way back to the heart. Just start right there. Let's see, a few more minutes, and then I want to go into into groups. Obviously, need more unpacking, so I think we'll go into groups. Yeah. Um, so I want us to to talk about the nurturing quality. So okay. great to see you. Thank you. It's so great to see you. Come back. back. All right. See you. Um, I want us to use our own uh, wisdom to go into smaller groups and and speak about how loving kindness in our own lives has been transformative. So when we have uh, been able to connect with um, this kindness and it led to some kind of transformational event. And it could be super, super simple. Like you just saw somebody on the street and you were like, you know, you just kind of offered some loving kindness to, to them, some compassion to them in your heart, and you know, you felt you know how how that benefited you. Or you let somebody in while driving. You're like, I'm just gonna let this person in today. And it felt you felt a little better for that. <laughs> um so just connecting with these instances when you felt the brightness of loving kindness like in your own um in your own life or when somebody was kind to you. Yeah said something to you recently or whatever and you felt like that transformation in your mind like oh that was really nice yeah. um, so we're going to obviously we're going to be in person here so um we'll put you in a breakout rooms in if you're online just like normal put you in breakout rooms and then old school guys for those of you who are in here, we would go like, hey, just turn towards a few people here. So let's do groups of three or four, both online and in person. So, you know, you could just literally turn towards the people here and just, you know, group, get into groups of three or four in person. And then uh, we'll come back in 15 or so minutes, 15, 20 minutes. All right. So welcome back, everybody um online and in person here uh yeah so you know we have this really cool technology that we're using today for the the zoom piece it's called um an owl it's like this pillar and um as you can see it has a panoramic view and it also picks up on sound so if somebody's actually speaking here live in the group um Hopefully, it'll actually turn towards that person and show that person on camera, and then of course pick up their their, their speaking. So um, help us to get and um, kind of all come together. Uh, was that supposed to happen? I, 
Okay, cool. So I, I think we're doing that now. So yeah, so anyone um, have, um, uh, yeah, anything they'd like to share that came up for them in the small groups, either online um, or in person? So, oh, look at that, it's moving. I got the okay. Is it moving? It's is it moving? Yes. Okay. So what our group talked about, the first thing that we talked about was how great it was to be back together again. And that we literally felt the energy in the room, like vibes when we were meditating. It was just wonderful. So that's what we started with. Wonderful. Back to kindness in a minute, but that's where we started. Thank you. That was pretty cool, huh? I keep looking down like so it worked. It worked. I think it, it was. Worked. It's called the presenter enhance function. Oh. It, it won't do it unless you have that on. Okay, cool. Um, I just saw, you know, Sandy and JD. Was that low volume for you, or was that pretty good? That last time around, that was like, okay, cool. All right, awesome. It was very good. Was good. Very cool. Very very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went. Anyone else? I was like, just, and this may be obvious, but like the qualities of the heart, whether you're connecting with another person or like doing an act of kindness or service, but it, you know, the suffering is like in the mind. And when you drop into the qualities of the heart, it's like a moment of like freedom from that. And uh, I don't know if I can find it. Love that. Thank you. Um, how was that audio wise for you guys? That was still pretty good. Cool. Awesome. I think in our conversation, because we either work in healthcare or education, we're like called upon to use loving kindness in our daily lives. And then we kind of notice how uh, that kind of, you know, that makes a difference for, for mm -hmm. people. Like it just, it kind of comes out and kind of sometimes in a surprising way, sometimes kind of an expected way, but it, it, it's, um, <laughs> I, I kind of got the vibe that it's sort of like, it just kind of emerges and it has to, it just has to happen. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm articulating that as well as I could, but that's just kind of the feeling that I got from our conversation. Thank you. And so, someone online, I, I think, um, was going to chat, or maybe I'm mistaken. It might have been me, uh, Casey. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, what I mentioned in the in the group was that that I find myself when I'm sitting somewhere and 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 I just have nothing else to do, I just kind of voluntarily fall into a meditation. Um, I think I mentioned that to you the other day. I was in court, actually, in the middle of a trial, and it wasn't my turn to talk. Nobody was looking at me, so I just closed my eyes and started meditating. And um, it, it really, really improves my, uh, my my focus, my ability to, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Just just not be distracted from other things and and really focus on what's important and you know, what, it just makes me feel a lot more plugged in to what I'm doing. Wonderful, thank you. 
yeah, we have a few more minutes, so maybe time for one more one more share. Actually, I'm just going to take this opportunity um, to ask the the Zoom people um, how this was. How, how did it go? How did our first kind of run through with the hybrid? Um, how did it go for you guys? I see some thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Good deal. Can I ask the people in person, is this distracting? Is it helpful to see the people who are speaking remotely to have a visual on them? I could see them. Mm -hmm. I like seeing them. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of yeah. do too. Yeah. I think it's both for me. It's distracting mm -hmm. and it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I I mean you so we have a, a for the Zoom peeps, we have a forward facing you know, camera, but then we also have, Don has his laptop, so actually people in the room could see you too. And I think the 2.0 version of it would be to put a monitor on the wall here so the in-person people could see the Zoom people just like you're seeing them on that panoramic view. That would be, that would be really cool, you know, so we could see each other. But I think so far so good. It's still a little weird for me because I want to, look here i've been looking here for a couple of years <laughs> um so but yeah we felt your presence <laughs> <laughs> good yeah all right so let's just uh oh do you have a question no i just wanted to comment that um you did a really great job of looking around the room at the people there and also directly at us in zoomville and i really appreciate <laughs> that you did a great job on that and i do love seeing that little panorama across the top when i have it in speaker view then i can you know i've never been in that room and i felt like i was there so it was really great thank you so much the only suggestion i would make is that if i think everybody would just say their name before they speak because everybody is so bitty and I don't recognize anybody in the chairs and on the floor. It's like I would do in Zoom. So that would be helpful to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Kevin, did you have something? Uh, no. Okay. Oh, Kevin says he's here. He wants, he wants, Kevin wants to let you know he's here if you can't see him. They could do it again because they didn't hear us when we did it, is what it sounds like. No, oh no, no like when, no, when you speak. speak. Oh, when you yeah, speak. so the first time around, I think they heard, but oh. yeah, so when we speak um, to do it. And thank you for the feedback, Sandy, on the panoramic because there's a function on turning that on or off. So uh, that's good feedback that it was helpful, you know, to have that. So I also like the panoramic. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. All right, so we're a little bit over, but let's just dedicate the merit real quick together. Thinking of all of our brothers and sisters, all sentient beings that are looking for less suffering and more happiness, and really wish, wishing that they could have a full awakening of their heart and fill into that bliss that is filled with equanimity and ease 
may all beings be happy, may they be truly, truly happy and free from suffering. Om Mani Padmanam. Right. Thank you everyone again. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.